Hi, everybody. This is Carl. Welcome once again to the SMB Community Podcast. And I'm joined today by a very good friend, Stephanie Chandler. Welcome. Hey, my friend. Thanks for inviting me. So many people have probably heard me mention you, even if not by name. Uh, I, I sell your books all the time, but I also just generically refer to you as one of my mastermind members. So I'm very grateful to, to be in that with you for now over 10 years. Absolutely. It's long overdue that we find a reason to work together too. So it's been fun. Exactly. So I, this is, I faked this up, but <laughs> I'll come clean, but I made it look like the book is in print <laughs> and I'll, I'll, we'll put a, a, an actual picture here so people can see it. But um, Stephanie came to me a while back and said, you know what we should do? We should write a book. And so she did most of the work, thankfully. So <laughs> Of course, I said yes. So tell us a little bit about your background and in particular how you come to be writing a book on nonfiction. Oh my goodness. Well, I am a Silicon Valley refugee. In 2003, I quit my job and opened a 2,800 square foot bookstore here in Sacramento. That's how Carl and I met. I owned a bookstore. He was an author and a local IT you know, guy and and uh, we got friendly through the local publishers association and turned out owning a, a retail store wasn't nearly as fun or romantic as it sounds. So I ended up uh, selling that store. And in the process, I started writing books. I wrote a business startup guide and then I wrote a uh, book on how to sell digital products. And then I sold some books on how to do online marketing. And long story short, it kind of turned into its own career, a career I wasn't expecting. And then uh, back in 2008, I launched a custom hybrid publishing company called Authority Publishing. And I'm speaking at all these writers conferences and people are saying, you know, why is there no, no resources out there for us nonfiction writers? And I thought, you know, I, I don't know why there's no resources for nonfiction writers. So I launched the nonfiction writers conference in 2010. It's a completely online event. And because of that community saying, how do we keep in touch when this is over? The Nonfiction Authors Association was born in 2013. And I came to Carl several months ago and said, I don't know why I haven't written a book on how to publish a book yet. <laughs> Publishers, you've done this. Why don't we team up? And that's how this particular book came to be. It is my 10th book and your 19th, Carl, is that right? 18th. 18th. So, yeah. Number 19, I hope, will be out maybe by January. So, but, um, so you skipped over one of your books, which I, I love because you wrote a book on how to run a used bookstore. Oh. <laughs> and the reason I love it is that it is, in many ways, it's the core thing that nonfiction authors do. You've got something that you do for a living. You've got some success you've had in the past. And so you write a book and you say, here's how you do this. I mean, it's literally what I do, <laughs> right? That's what almost all my books are about is, here's how I did this and here's how you can do it. And uh, it's not that there's any super genius in anything I do, but I have done it and most people haven't written about it. And so I think most people who are successful at something can become nonfiction authors and help other people grow in that business. 
that's an awesome point and it's part of the theme of our book right so teach people how to do what you do teach them what you know and as you said you know it doesn't mean that you or i are any better at, at what we do than anyone else but it means that we took time to create processes around it and teach others how to do it so yeah anybody listening if you have this desire to write a book and um, one of the greatest ways to do that is to teach people what you know right so we're going to put a link down below but you also recently started a nonfiction authors association so tell us a bit about how that's what that is and how it's organized yeah so the association um is largely formed online but uh we've got a really active facebook group and a linkedin group we've got a ton of educational resources so um one of the main reasons people join is that we do a weekly teleseminar series with industry pros I interviewed Carl recently for that, uh, and that is really, really popular. So the live feed for that is free to attend for anybody, but if you want recordings, that's a member benefit. We also release new checklists and worksheets and templates every single week. Uh, we get amazing discounts from some of our partners, like our Office Depot discount card. That alone will pay for membership because people rave about it. They rave about how much they're saving on printing and things like that. So we have a whole host of benefits. There's different tiered levels of membership, but it's really a powerful community. I have a ton of fun um, being part of it myself. And we have such interesting authors because people who are writing nonfiction books tend to want to make some sort of difference in the world, right? They want to teach people how to do their business better or how to be healthier, or they want to share their journey through a memoir that also you know, helps other people learn about that experience. So it's full of fascinating people. And I think we're just um, having a blast, all of us. Yeah, the other thing is a lot of people use their nonfiction book as a way to promote themselves. Yeah, uh, It's become a very popular thing to say, you know, here's my 10 tips on how to, whatever, control your IT spending. And then you give that to your clients and they uh, you know, say, oh, you must be the expert on this. And so then they engage you to at least discuss their technology. Oh my gosh. A book is one of the best client generators you could ever have. Um, you know, I worked with um, a financial advisor a number of years ago and he spends absolutely no time working on marketing his books or trying to sell them online. He could care less. What he does is he hands them out to prospective clients and that book has paid for itself, you know, over and over and over again. And I have a lot of clients who do that. In fact, we had a, um, a, a consulting client who um, ordered 2,000 copies of his book. Wow. Selling 50 copies a month to business prospects and blowing up his business. So, you know, there's just nothing more impressive than saying, here, let me give you a copy of my book. And if you compare that side by side with a competitor who comes in and basically says all the same things that you say, but doesn't have a book, who do you think is going to stand out? So right. it really is an amazing tool. And it can help you get speaking gigs. I mean, that you know, there's so many, I always tell people, if you live in a decent sized town, there's a literally five meetings a day. You can be going to Kiwanis clubs and Rotary clubs and, you know, Sacramento has like 12 chambers of commerce. Right. <laughs> and, and, you know, just look on meetup, you know, and uh, 
uh, I recently started to meet up for my the local IT user group. You know, we, we've been meeting for whatever, 12 years, but we recently went to meet up to, to use that as our organization thing. And suddenly 30 people came out of the woodwork I'd never heard of, and they, they signed up to be members of that group. But, you know, that's an opportunity for people to speak again and again and again. And you hold up your book and you say, I do this for a living, you know, and I know what I'm talking about. And suddenly you are the expert. It's just, it's pretty powerful. It's so powerful. And speaking, like you said, I mean, there's trade associations for everything. I spoke to the Rigid Plastics Packaging Manufacturers Association. Those are the people that make that awful plant, uh, clamshell packaging where you can't right. anything open. That you cannot get open. Exactly. They have an association. You know, we, you, you and I share a, a mutual friend in Patrick Schwartzberger. He spoke to the Bingo Callers Association. You no, 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 it was the, the Square Dance Callers Association. <laughs> he was paid to speak to that group. So there's wow. an association for everything, and they all need speakers. And by the way, with what you all do with in the IT space, who doesn't have a computer? And how could, you know, there are so many topics you could take to speak at your local, um, you know, nonprofit right. chamber. Well, and not only that, once once the book exists, it's trivial to turn it into a Kindle or, you know, there's just so many ways to publish today that you don't have to be stuck with handing out paper books at conferences, you know? So, um, so slight change of subject. You mentioned that you have gotten lots of speaking gigs out of this. And the interesting thing is, I know that you are not running around the country begging people, can I speak at your event? They are calling you. Yeah. So how much of that has to do with the association and how much has to do with the, the fact that you've got several books, and if people look at certain topics, your books just pop up. It is 90% from my books, no question about it. The books have always gotten me speaking engagements. In fact, one of my favorite um, opportunities that came out of my books, I had this book I wrote called um, Leap 101 Ways to Grow Your Business. That book never sold well. It was reviewed well, but I think it just kind of blended in with all the competition but a company picked it up and liked it so much that they gave me a six-figure year-long sponsorship contract that involved a couple of speaking gigs and a couple of webinars. I mean, it was like the easiest thing I ever did, um, all because they stumbled across that book. So without a doubt, hands down, most opportunities have come to me from my books. Right. And what's interesting is, uh, you know, part of it today, we live in a world where everybody wants to try to get stuff for free. So people will email you and they say, Hey, can you do this, this, and this? And I have learned to ask a very simple question. Do you have a budget? And, <laughs> and then people are like, uh, well, I do. I wasn't thinking about spending it on that, but I guess we could. And now you've shifted the entire conversation to one where, um, they might actually be looking at, at giving you money where before they were just hoping that you would do something for free. So. Totally. And you can also, if they don't have a budget for the speaker, maybe you can get them to pre-buy, you know, a hundred copies of your book to give away, or they're going to let you sell your books in the back of the room. And so, you know, it doesn't just have to be speaking for business. It absolutely can be getting paid to speak. Right. And you've had some pretty, I won't name any names because most of them, you haven't even named the names to me, but you've had some pretty cool clients who have come to you uh, for book deals. 
And why would, why would it be the case that somebody who's a, a well-known executive at a, a major corporation would want to come to you to have you, you publish their book? You know, that's, that's a great question. Alice. You're not Random House, that's right. It's we're a foreign publishing. <laughs> yeah, we're a hybrid publisher. People pay us to, to basically help them self-publish their books. Um, and, and actually, as this interview is being done, we're finishing up um, a book for Gordon Getty, who is a very infamous member of the Getty family, Jean-Paul Getty. And he's written this, this book on um, his personal finance theories. And 100%, he could have gone to Random House and gotten himself a giant book deal. And I think that he chose not to do it that way. I can't, I don't know for sure. I did not ask this question, but my guess is because he didn't want to lose control. And when you go with a traditional publisher, um, they can change your title. They can cut chapters out of your book. They take over all the rights. They can keep it sitting in production for two or three years. I mean, you just have absolutely no control. So I think that's a big reason why we've had some pretty exciting clients come our way, corporate executives and things like that, because um, they, they maintain the control. They also earn more per copy. You know, if you go with a traditional publishing house on average, they'll pay you a dollar a book. Oh, yeah. and, and if you self publish or work with a, a hybrid publisher, you're going to earn more like five, 10, even $15 per book sold. So the, the, you can't argue the economics of it at all. Yeah. And in our industry, there's a lot of books that are big, fat, 600 page books and you get paid, you know, like $300 a chapter and that's it. And you never see another penny. So, uh, so yeah, so um, writing your own book can be a good, good way to promote your stuff and to sell. Here's a question. If you speak in front of a group and you hand out your book afterwards, do people read them when they're free or do they just say, oh, she's an expert and then and call you? You know what I mean? Like, do they actually consume the information? They, I think most of them do. I know I've been guilty of picking up books at an event, never getting around to reading them. Um, but I will tell you the ones that do read the books tend to be my best prospects, right? Because something in the book resonated with them. Um, and they felt like they wanted to, to work with me. And this is a tip we share in our book, Carl, about how you, you want to give away your best information. I don't hold anything back. I put it all out there. And the fact is that doesn't prevent people from hiring you. That actually makes them want to hire you because most people don't want to implement stuff themselves or they need your help walking through it. So, you know, that's another piece of advice is don't be afraid to give your best advice. It endears the reader to you. It builds loyalty and chances are even higher that they're going to reach out and contact you and want to hire you. Well, so you and I both have Kindles. Uh, how often do you buy a book on the Kindle and then say, shoot, now I got to go buy the real thing. So you either buy the paperback or the audio book, even though you already own it. How often does that happen? Uh, like once a week, just yesterday, <laughs> I bought a hardcover of a book I've listened to on audio and unread on my Kindle, but I wanted the physical copy of it. So I have now bought it in three different formats. Yeah. Cause that happens to me all the time. And I think it speaks to the fact that you, you want to consume the same information in more than one format, yeah. you get more out of it. So even if you're in a presentation and you give all of your best tips, people don't absorb it all. And so they're like, ah, now I got to get the details. So they want to read it 
and get a layer deeper and then they want to hear it and get a layer deeper and then read it on the Kindle and get, you know. So it, it takes a while for people who are not subject matter experts to consume that information. So um, I completely agree with you that that giving all your details out is great. And, you know, that's what I do in my presentations. I did a webinar recently where I said, I'll stay until the questions are done. But after an hour and a half, I'm like, yeah, you know, time out. I, I got to go to the bathroom. Right. <laughs> break. So, um, so uh, how do you recommend that people get started in publishing? If you say, well, I, I don't know what to do. Uh, you know, I think I know what I want to write, but I'm not sure. Where do they start? Well, you know, do a little homework. Look for holes in your market. You know, what is missing? Have you read a book in your industry that maybe you could have done better or you have a different perspective on? Um, or there's a, there's a missing component that you could write a, in a book about. And the book, by the way, doesn't even have to be that long. I think people can kind of get overwhelmed at the idea of writing a book but, you know, three typed pages is about a thousand words. And the typical nonfiction book is 50 to 60,000 words. So if you wrote three pages a day for 60 days, you'd have a whole manuscript. And honestly, you could get away with writing half of that and publishing a short book to use as a client generator. So, you know, think about what, what's missing, what opinion you have that's different than other people, and try to fill a need. That is the most effective way to be successful in publishing but honestly if you're just using it to impress potential clients you don't even really have to worry about the competition just write your perspective dazzle them and hand out copies so all right change of subjects do you happen to have one of your fold and half business cards right in front of you i know we didn't prepare for this but. oh my goodness i i must yes i do so show that to folks <laughs> Time for show and tell. Show and tell. This oh, is hold up the camera so we can see it there. <laughs> so Stephanie's got these business cards that fold in half. They make a tent, and then she's got information on the inside. So if you want to get more information, and so uh, this is something she updates from time to time. But uh, it's actually it's a good way to promote your stuff and have a useful giveaway. You know, and uh, one of the things I learned from Stephanie many years ago is. She never, ever gives a presentation without having a handout, ever, for anything. I could ask her to talk for five minutes. She's going to show up with a handout. Why? Because it's got her logo at the bottom of the page and her email address and her website. So that's a huge tip. That's a huge tip. And, you know, it's funny because years ago I used to give away these fold-over booklets that I had printed at Kinko's, and they were stapled. And, and it was like something like, 101 ways to drive more website traffic or something along those lines. And I would hand those out at my speaking engagements. To this day, I still hear from people who kept that little fold over booklet. It's still on my desk. I still use it. A lot of the information is still relevant today, believe it or not. Right. So, um, you know, I love handouts. I, you're absolutely right. I give lots of handouts. So kind of related to that, um, you, I do checklists and you tend to do workbooks. So how valuable is the workbook as an add-on to a nonfiction book? I actually, um, I, I'm not doing workbooks right now. I'm doing a lot of worksheets. 
In fact, I, I had a workbook I was going to publish and then I decided it was way more valuable to me to split it into, you know, 90 different downloadable documents, kind of like <laughs> you do a lot of that too, Carl. So, um, but I think I do love workbooks because I think they have a higher perceived value for some reason. You know, the fact that we have to write in them and think and answer questions causes us to be willing to pay more money for them. So I do love workbooks, but I also am a huge fan of digital downloads. It's the number one way I grow my mailing list is every month we come out with a new free report. We advertise the heck out of it and that adds, you know, hundreds of people to the mailing list. So, you know, content, content, content. You can never so have that. How would you recommend that, a, say, an IT consultant, let's just talk to my audience for a minute here. How would an IT consultant use that to get clients? Oh my gosh, create a, a free report on, you know, 10 ways to protect your identity online or, you know, 10 ways to prevent your computer from crashing or get more life out of your technology. I mean, just you name it, whatever your typical client struggles with. And that is a key question. What are their challenges? What are their wants and needs? Address that in a piece of content and make it available as a free download and hand it out as a free flyer and a, you know, free videos, free, take that piece of content and, and put it in as many formats as possible and you will get clients from it. Very cool. So what's next for you? What, what, after this book comes out, I know that you're not going to go take a vacation in the Bahamas or anything. <laughs> I actually may have a tropical vacation in my future, but, uh, you know, this relit my fire for writing. It's been five years since I released a book. So I've got more books to write. Um, the association's growing by leaps and bounds. And I think just more of what I'm doing now and having a lot of fun with my community. Very cool. So when is the uh, conference coming up, the online conference? So our next, our fall conference is November 8th and 9th. And uh, the focus this year is become a profitable author. So we're talking about revenue streams for authors. I'm really excited about our speaker lineup. One of the speakers um, is going to talk about seven-figure niche publishing. So he's a gentleman by the name of Joseph Alexander. He publishes books that are uh, music instruction guides. And when I reached out to him, I said, I'd love for you to do a presentation on six-figure publishing. And he wrote back, and he's like, well, that'd be great, but I'm actually into the seven figures. <laughs> and I just thought that was amazing. So, you know, it's the, the just so much power in publishing. So anyway, that's the focus of our conference. It's nonfictionwritersconference.com. Fall is our shorter event. It's two days. It's all online. There's no travel involved. You can attend from the comfort of your couch, and, and it's a blast. And Carl's the speaker for us this year. Exactly. Ta-da. Yeah. So, yeah, for all you people who don't get enough of me, you, there's always that. So, right. <laughs> um, And what about, you know, people have this kind of, I guess, common knowledge or this belief that books are a thing of the past, that printed books are a thing of the past. But I think I have probably 10 friends who've written books in the last year. Yeah. You know, so is it true that people are writing fewer and fewer books and they're going away? No. I mean, there was that period of time where we all thought, oh my gosh, ebooks are taking over and borders closed and we're seeing, you know, bookstores struggling. Um, but it all leveled out, right? So ebooks are popular, but my, in my experience with our author clients, 
they, they sell about one-to-one eBooks to the print book, book version. And now audiobook is just, audio versions are taking off like crazy. So I don't think the, the book market is going anywhere. I think the way we buy and consume information is constantly evolving. But I, I would tell anybody who's thinking about writing a book, it should be in print, ebook, and probably an audio format as well. And have supplemental material. Heck yeah. And full so. excerpts out of that book and, and let other blogs publish them and give them away as downloadable handouts. And, you know, every piece of content you produce should get repurposed in at least a dozen different ways. Sometimes I think you and I speak in a language that only the two of us understand. But, you know, <laughs> when I think of content and you think of content, we, we really think of like this little thing that stands alone that could be a blog post here, a chapter here, a video there, a handout here, a worksheet over there. And you just, the more you repurpose it, the, the wider it spreads and the more people see you as somebody who really gets this at a very deep level. It, and it's so funny because just yesterday I had, um, I had remembered that I had written this report like literally 12 years ago called 101 Time Management Tips for Busy Professionals. That thing was downloaded like crazy. It got used in college courses. I mean, and it was just a free download. And it just kind of hit me in the middle of the night. Whatever happened to that report? <laughs> so I, I dug it up and I rewrote it as um, time management for writers and boosted, cleaned it up, added a bunch of stuff to it. And it's now over 120 tips. And I can't wait to put that back out in the world next week as a free download. So you know, content, content, content. And as I was going through it, I thought, boy, this would make a good blog post and this would make a good blog post. And so, you know, I've got 120 tips in there. Every one of those could become its own piece of content. Well, maybe we'll put a link to that down here and uh, yeah. get some people to, to go to your website and, and request that. That'd be great. I'd love it. So, well, we're almost out of time, but are there any last little tips that you want to give people? You know, I think I would advise you to um, not be afraid to get into producing content. Uh, there's good editors out there. So if you think you're not a writer, you don't have to be a writer to um, produce a book or write blog posts. You can absolutely get a good editor or a book coach to help you. And, you know, and if it's a personal goal, I think there was a survey once that said that like 80% of people want to write a book in their lifetime. And if it's a personal goal for you, it's one of those things where life is short and don't put it off, right? Don't wait till you're retired and, you know, who knows what, what's going to happen between now and then. I really encourage people to go out and do it. That's actually the inspiration for that time management report because I believe in do it now. Don't put it off. And so I guess that would be my final tip. For well, it's funny. So you and I probably met 15 years ago. <laughs> But remember, we used to go to the nonfiction special interest group part of the California Authors Association. They had this morning meeting, and there would be people who would bring the book that they've been writing for 40 years. And yeah. back then, you didn't push a button and out came a book. Right. You know, it was a major undertaking, and there were people who had been writing their book for 40 years. That is absolutely not necessary today. I mean, you could, with the tools that are available to us, you could literally have a book in a week. Yeah, absolutely. You're so right.
and getting it produced is a lot easier than it's ever been and getting it available on Amazon and other distributors easier than it's ever been. So, you know, there's no reason to stop you from doing it other than just make it a priority, make the time to do it. All right. So I'm going to put up links to authority publishing. I'm going to put up links to the nonfiction authors association and to your fall conference. Uh, is there any particular one of those that you want biggest in the type down below? <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, when is this going live? <laughs> oh, as soon as I can. As soon as you can. Probably the conference. Okay. All right. It shall be done. Thank you. Very good. Well, thank you for your time today. I certainly appreciate it, and we'll try to send some folks your way. Thank you so much. This has been a blast. Thank <laughs> you.